0: Hello and welcome to the Mercia Podcast. My name is Polly Jones, and today I'll be giving you an insight into legislative changes to the Entrepreneurs' Relief Rules and the increase in HMRC compliance and case law. Two of the changes in FA 2019 had the effect of making claims to ER on shares more stringent by increasing ownership period from one to two years, and requiring that the individual is beneficially entitled to at least 5% of the profits available for distribution to equity holders, and, on a winding up, would be beneficially entitled to at least 5% of assets, so, available, or, in the event of disposal of the whole of the ordinary share capital of the company, the individual would be beneficially entitled to at least 5% of proceeds. In addition to these changes, there have been a number of tribunal cases critically examining claims. The case of Philip Hunt, first-tier tribunal in March 2019 is particularly interesting. The taxpayer was a shareholder and a chairman of a web analytics company. He had been involved in the company since 2007, initially only investing £50,000 for which he received 10 piece shares. The company's other issued shares had a £1 nominal value each. By 2014, through further investments, share buybacks and exercise share options, he owned 73,488, ordinary 10p shares, and £100,000, or ordinary £1 shares. All of the shares carried voting rights. On the basis of share numbers, the taxpayer had 5.94% of the total issue, and with regard to the voting power, he had 6.21% of the company's votes. However, he only possessed 416 of the company's nominal share capital. In 2015, the company was sold to Ernest Young, who during the course of negotiations, had told the taxpayer that his holding was unlikely to qualify for ER on the basis that he did not own 5% of the nominal share capital. However, the taxpayer ignored this advice. When he claimed ER through the tax return, HMRC denied the relief and upon closing their inquiry increased the taxpayer's liability by nearly £200,000. None of the other ER criteria were in issue, but the HMRC argued that the ordinary share capital meant the nominal value, of which the taxpayer owed less than the requisite 5%. S989-ITA 2017 defines ordinary share capital as issued share capital, which reinforced HMRC's argument that 5% of ordinary share capital meant 5% of nominal value of the shares in issue. The taxpayer argued that the definition should be broader, taking into account the real and material commitment to the business that the tribunal should take a purposive, multifactorial approach. However, the tribunal agreed with HMRC's arguments. As to the argument about taking a purposive, multifactorial approach, the tribunal conceded that for such an approach is often taken in areas of tax law, but in EOR legislation, it's prescriptive. It was therefore not possible to replace the statutory definition of issued share capital with a wider interpretation or infer anything other than that could be laid down in detailed provisions. The tribunal concluded that the statutory definition refers to percentage of companies issued share capital, not to the percentage of number of shares. The appeal was therefore refused. This is a case where the taxpayer was unable to meet the older, easier definition of ER. Now the rules have changed, it might be worth implementing a policy whereby the position of clients is reviewed annually to ensure compliance with these rules. If you'd like any advice on the topics discussed in today's podcast, our team are on hand to help. Simply visit our website, mercia-group.com, for more information. Thank you for listening, and be sure to tune in to our next episode.